Welcome back, everybody, to the Know It All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry the Fantasy Football Know It All. I can be found on Twitter at FFKnowItAll. You can email the show directly, KnowItAllFantasyFootball at gmail.com. I want to welcome you guys into what I'm going to call the two minute drill edition of the podcast. And what I'm going to do is just take each game from today. And we'll spend about two minutes, one minute on each team, talking about what happened, what I saw, maybe some trends, obviously highlighting the stars really quickly. But we're not going to get in-depth on that. That's what Tuesday show is for, and we'll do that throughout the week. But I do want to give you guys a reaction in close to real time what I saw as, as Sunday unfolded. Most of you will most likely hear this on Monday morning, although I will release it on Sunday night. So... Uh, absolutely make sure you check it out moving forward and hit me up on Twitter or email the show and let me know what you think of this format and uh, if you want to see any improvements, any changes, or if it just doesn't work for you, I am open to feedback of all kinds. Now, before we jump into the games, I do want to remind you that the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast is a proud member of the Skull King Podcasting Network www.skullkingsports.com is your place for all major sports, collegiate athletics, boxing, MMA, all forms of auto racing, horse racing, Olympics, World Cup, you name it. There is no sport that is untouched at skullkingsports.com. There is also a fantasy section. You can check that out as well. www.skullkingsports.com. All right, let's start in Philadelphia then with the Eagles hosting the 49ers. On the 49ers side of the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo, 22 of 30 for 189 yards and a touchdown. He was pretty efficient, not dynamic or spectacular. Trey Lance did not do anything in this game. Um, Elijah Mitchell, everybody's darling from last week. We'll get more into that on Tuesday's show. 17 of 42. He did have most of the snaps here. He didn't look like anything special. He's a replacement level player, everybody. So, yeah, let's pipe down on the hype there. Yes, he did have most of the the rushes. Now, Trey Sermon didn't get any carries here, but he did get uh, nicked up or roughed up here. And um, it looks like he may miss some time. And Jermichael Hasty also uh, might miss some time here. He had five rushes for 38 yards, much more efficient on the ground than Mitchell. Uh, Debo Samuel, six catches for 93 yards. Brandon Ayuk with his massive one catch for six yards. He is basically droppable. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we'll talk more about that as the week goes on. George Kittle disappointing, four catches for 17 yards. On the opposite side of the ball, Jalen Hurts. Didn't look all that good. Didn't look all that good at all, but still he's great for fantasy. 12 for 23, 190 yards, no touchdowns. He didn't uh, turn the ball over. Um, Now on the ground, however, Hertz went 10 for 82 and a touchdown, and that's where his bread and butter lies. So he is obviously a great fantasy option for you. As far as the running backs go, Sanders didn't look great, 13 for 55, but he's... The primary back here, Kenneth Gainwell, 6 for 14. And in the passing game, not much to talk about other than Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins, 2 for 117. That doesn't mean he's going to do this every single week. But the thing I found interesting here is that uh, Smith, Devontae Smith, 
pretty much all but disappeared here. Dallas Goddard at two catches for 24 yards. Yeah, not much more to talk about here with this game. Moving on we go, and we will talk next about the Bengals traveling to Chicago in a revenge game for Andy Dalton. And unfortunately for Andy Dalton, he looked really good in the beginning of this game. He was 9 for 11, 56 yards and a touchdown before getting hurt. Justin Fields comes in to replace him and looks as good as I thought he would. I try telling you guys, and I'm not going to stand on my soapbox now as we're trying to get these games done in rapid succession. We'll talk more about Fields on Tuesday, but Justin Fields is not the next superstar, guys. He is an Ohio State quarterback. Look up Ohio State quarterbacks and how they've succeeded in the NFL and come back to me and let me know which one of them is going to the Hall of Fame. Moving on to the uh, running backs here, David Montgomery, less than stellar game. He did have 20 carries and uh, for 61 yards. It remains to be seen how much uh, Fields will eat into that. Fields had 10 carries himself for 31 yards. Uh, for on the receiving side of things, Robinson, Allen Robinson had two catches, one really early in this game for a touchdown for 24 yards. Darnell Mooney was the guy here, six for 66 with Fields in tow, I don't know who you're going to want in this passing game, and I really don't know what to do with Montgomery. It's something I'm going to have to look at in film. Montgomery, yeah, he did okay, but Fields is going to totally change things. As far as Andy Dalton's injury, Matt Nagy did not think he tore his ACL, but it appeared to be a knee injury. We're going to have to keep our eyes on that. Cole Komet, one catch for zero yards, droppable if you have him. Um, not even streamable. Cincinnati got off to a slow start here, but they turned things up. Joe Burrow, 19 for 30. Uh, So yeah, 207 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw three interceptions, so not a great game for him. Joe Mixon, same as David Montgomery here, 20 for 69, no touchdowns. Mixon uh, did not really feature in the passing game, one catch for two yards. And as far as the receivers go, it was Boyd, Tyler Boyd, who led the day here. Seven for 73. T. Higgins, also six for 60 in a touchdown. And Jamar Chase salvaged his day with a late touchdown, two catches for 54 yards. You can keep believing, if you want, that Chase is better than Higgins. I still, I'm, I'm still on the Higgins train, and I will be for some time. Uh, tight end Uzoma doesn't matter. All right, on to the next game. We're going to go to the Rams and Colts. The Rams with a 27-24 win in Indianapolis. And um, we'll start on the Rams side of the ball. Matthew Stafford, 19 of 30, 278 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He's fine as a starter. Daryl Henderson was having a decent game, 13 rushes, 53 yards, and a touchdown. He did get hurt, and they think it's a rib injury. Uh, Sony Michelle didn't have a carry. Until Henderson got hurt, he did mop-up duty. Looked pretty good, actually. 10 for 46. So um, we'll talk more about that as well. But it looks like Michelle is your starter here if Henderson misses time. I don't know what will happen if Henderson's ready to go. As far as the receivers go, much to my chagrin, it is Cooper Cup leading the way. uh, Nine for 163 and two touchdowns. As a Robert Woods owner, I didn't like to see that. Woods got some work late. Five for 64. Those are your only options in the passing game as Higby didn't even have a good game. So, uh, yeah, those are really the only two guys to own there in the passing game. 
Stafford is decent, and you're going to want the running back. This is a good offense. Indianapolis, Carson Wentz, 20 of 31, 247 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He did get hurt in this game. We saw a little bit of Jacob Eason. He looked terrible. We don't know the extent of the injury to Wentz. I'll keep you posted later on on Tuesday's episode. Taylor, 15 for 51. And like I was telling you guys, as far as the passing game goes, I didn't think that he would see much work. And Taylor had one pass for two yards. Hines only had one pass for 17 yards, to be fair. And we'll get into the wide receivers in a second. Uh, Marlon Mack had five carries for 16 yards in this game, which is more than he got last time. So it looks more like a 75-25 split on first and a second down here. But Taylor's not lighting the world on fire. It's more a matter of opportunity than talent. Michael Pittman Jr. finally showed up. Eight catches, 123 yards. Jack Doyle had a fine game, five for 64. You can't trust him. And my man, my streamer, Zach Paschal, Found the end zone yet again. Five catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, nobody else is really worth talking about here. As I mentioned, Hines with an off day. But Hines is a fine streamer or spot starter as a flex moving forward. Those of you who had the New England defense, well, you had the benefit of the uh, New York Jets coming into town. And wow, that's all I can really say. Uh, two of my teams faced New England as a defense, and uh, yeah, it didn't go too well for me. So we'll start over on the New England side. Mac Jones looks pretty good. 22 of 30, 186 yards. He's a game manager at best. Uh, he's not the next great coming of Tom Brady. I hate to tell you Patriot fans out there, but uh, you'll figure that out eventually. Damian Harris actually had a pretty good game. Got off to a slow start as I figured he might being in the doghouse with James White vulturing a touchdown early, but Harris had 16 catches, 62 yards and a touchdown. Fine starter every week. James White is great to start in PPR. As far as the wide receivers go, none of them did much of anything here and the tight ends aren't worth starting. On the Jets side of the ball, well, you can't start anybody. You just can't start anybody. Uh, Zach Wilson, 19 of 33, 210 yards, four interceptions. Um, Braxton Berrios, of all people, seven catches for 73 yards. Yeah, I'm not starting him, are you? Nope. Uh, So Elijah Moore had a nice game, a decent game, four for 47. You can't trust anybody here in this offense. So uh, we're just going to move on from the Jets. Corey Davis, terrible game today. Uh, I will touch on that really quickly. Two catches for eight yards. There was a time during the early part of the the early games toward halftime where I legitimately thought the Houston Texans were going to upset the Cleveland Browns. And I was all on board. I was team Texans, team Tyrod. And then, well... The wheels came off the Tyrod bus. Tyrod with a hamstring injury had to exit the game, and that's really where things took over for the Browns. So we'll start with Houston. Taylor, 10 of 11, 125 yards and a touchdown. That's basically what Tyrod does, right? Uh, Mark Ingram uh, in the uh, in the backfield, 14 of 41, nothing great. Uh, nobody else really did much of anything on the ground there. Uh, I do want to double back to the quarterback real quick as Davis Mills did come in. uh, Eight of 18, 102 yards, one TD and one interception. He didn't look terrible, but the team is definitely worse now than it was with Tyrod. And we don't know how long Tyrod will be out. Hamstring injuries are tough, 
Brandon Cooks. Again, he's the only game in town in the wide receiver category here. Nine catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Just to give you an idea, nobody else, with the exception of David Johnson, who had two, had more than one catch in this game, and Brandon Cooks had nine. So yeah, Cooks is a starter, wide receiver too, but other than that, you don't want anybody in this offense. If you're desperate, Mark Ingram seems to be the uh, number one running back here. Baker Mayfield, 19 of 21 for 213 yards, one TD and one interception. Pretty efficient, even though he threw the one pick. Um, Kareem Hunt, my one of my starts of the week, 15 rushes, uh, 13 rushes, excuse me, for 51 yards. Um, he did not get a touchdown, but in the passing game, he was not featured at all. Really, just one catch for two yards. Now, if you go over to Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb was much better with his carries, 11 for 95 and a touchdown. Mayfield snuck one in on the ground as well. Now, Jarvis Landry got hurt really early in this game. Otherwise, I feel he would have had a huge afternoon. Um, So it was spread out in a weird way when you look at the receivers. You have Harrison Bryant and Austin Hooper, 4 for 49 and 5 for 40 respectively. And then you have Rashad Higgins, 2 for 27, and then another tight end, 2 for 18, in David Njoku. So you're not quite sure what to do here uh, as far as these guys, as far as what these guys are going to bring you week in and week out. But as far as the Browns go, the offense seemed to be churning. They went against the uh, appalling Houston defense. So um, let's see what happens next week. The, if OBJ doesn't come back and Landry doesn't play, this wide receiver core becomes even more super interesting. Jacksonville hosting the Denver Broncos for quite some time, uh, early on anyway. It looked like Jacksonville might actually sneak this one out, um, but the Broncos do come away with the 10-point uh, the victory. We'll start with Denver here with Teddy Bridgewater, 26 of 34. 328 yards, two touchdowns, and uh, go over to rushing. Gordon actually played more snaps than Williams, but uh, Javante Williams looked better with them. Both of them had 13 rushes. Gordon had 31 yards. Williams had 64, doubling him in efficiency there. As far as uh, wide receivers go, my number one start of the week, you might remember, was Cortland Sutton. Nine catches, 159 yards. He did not get in the end zone. That does not matter, especially in PPR. He got you 24 fantasy points. Noah Fant, a tight end that I like very much, four for 33 and a touchdown. And Tim Patrick, who I told you was a a sneaky waiver wire addition this week. Three catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown. You will notice that K.J. Hamler, who everybody was... uh, Yeah, I don't know if they were trying to say he was a better pickup than Patrick, but they were gravitating toward him because he was playing with the first-team offense, I use in quotes. That means nothing to me. It's what I see on the field that counts. Hamler had one catch for five yards. He's not worth starting. Period. End of story. Um, Over now to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're not starting Trevor Lawrence. 14 of 33 for 118 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. That's abysmal. James Robinson is getting to be not worth starting either. Um, He did get most of the carries this week, at least. Um, He had 11 rushes for 47 yards. 
Uh, Carlos Hyde had two for seven. Now you go over to the wide receivers. Marvin Jones Jr. is a must-start every single week, guys. Six for 55 and a touchdown. James O'Shaughnessy is not worth starting as a tight end. And LaVisca Chenault, yeah, I like the talent. I don't just don't like this offense. And DJ Chark was basically a no-show. The Buffalo Bills absolutely dismantled the Miami Dolphins. We'll start on Buffalo side of the ball here with Josh Allen. And it wasn't a good game for Josh Allen. It, it, it looks a lot better on paper uh, with the score than it did in person. 17 of 33, he's reverted back to being very inaccurate. 179 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He ran the ball five times for 35 yards, so he's becoming a non-factor in the running game. Devin Singletary, 13 rushes for 82 yards and a touchdown. Moss had eight rushes for 26 and two touchdowns, so it's back to being a divided backfield, but the running backs did look pretty good, something to take note of. Stefan Diggs, a must-start, four for 60 and a touchdown, and the other guys there, Sanders and Beasley, kind of divvied the rest of it up there, and Dawson Knox, if he was a streamer for you or a desperation play, got you in the end zone, two catches for 17 and a touchdown. The Buffalo defense obviously was a great play here as they blanked Miami. Um, Tua got hurt really early in this game, one of four for 13 yards. It seems to be a rib injury. He is, uh, we don't know the extent of it. I will let you guys know during the week. Jacoby Brissett came in, 24 of 40, 169 and an interception. A guy I told you to sit, even though it pained me to do so, was Miles Gaskin, five for 25. Malcolm Brown, five for 21. And Salvan Ahmed, 6 for 17. Divvied up right down the middle. So yeah, you want to stay away from this backfield right now. It is absolutely putrid. Jalen Waddle was fine, 6 for 48. Now Devontae Parker had a good game or a decent game in PPR as well, 5 for 42. Uh, and Gaskin was at least featured in the passing game somewhat, 4 for 21. So there's that caveat as well. Tight ends here, yeah, no. Gesicki didn't show you anything this week either. Uh, I would just stay away unless you absolutely positively have to play him. And now a game that I watched, uh, obviously, as I cover the Steelers and I'm a Steeler fan. And um, I'm just disgusted with the Steelers play overall, but that's not why we're here. Let's talk fantasy. And what are you going to say about Derek Carr? He almost had 400 passing yards for the second straight game. I've been telling you guys for years that I like Derek Carr as a fantasy asset, and he is proving me right. Uh, And I like players who prove me right. We can't always be right, but it's always good when we at least look at things and can assess them in the right way, and that will translate to you. If I tell you guys, like I did last year, pick him up late so you don't waste a, a pick, or pick him up this year late so you don't waste a pick, and you can build your team uh, to withstand injuries, then I'm happy with that. Okay, off my soapbox. Carr, 28 of 37, 382 yards, two touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. Peyton Barber, 13 for 32. He was the primary ball carrier here, even though Drake started. Didn't look great, but he did start. Uh, Drake, 7 of 9, he didn't look much better. 
Henry Ruggs finally showed up for duty. Five for 113 and one. I like Ruggs a lot moving forward. If you have him, fire him up. If somebody dropped him, pick him up. We'll talk more about him on Tuesday. Darren Waller, pedestrian game for him. Five for 64 or 65. And uh, Hunter Renfro, five for 57. So Carr spread the ball out and Drake had a good game as well. Five for 46. So a lot of guys in the passing game here that look pretty good. And if this is how Carr is going to play moving forward against a really good Steeler defense, you figure you figure you play some bad defenses moving uh, forward throughout the season. Carr is an excellent, excellent option. If he's still out there, guys, pick him up. He's not probably not going to get picked up off of waivers. Wait for them to clear and get him. He might be a good option for you. Now let's hop over and look at Pittsburgh. One of my starts of the week was Big Ben. And yeah, he disappointed. He really did. 27 for 40 and 295 is not terrible. One touchdown and one interception is pretty bad. Um, I did like a lot of stuff, a lot of things that I saw out of Harris today. 10 for 38 isn't great, but he did have five catches for 43 yards added to that and a touchdown. So he is the featured back. No questions asked. Benny Snell with two carries. We don't care about that. Juju Smith-Schuster kind of vultured a touchdown from Harris in that game uh, on the ground. A note here, Pat Fryermuth is an excellent streaming option moving forward. He only had four catches for 36 yards, but Ben looks his way. So just something to keep in mind as Eric Ebron didn't even have a, uh, a catch in this game. All right, so the Cowboys and the Chargers. And yep, I'm shaking my head because I made a fatal error. And I'll talk, talk about that in a little bit. Dak Prescott for the Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17. to 17. Dak Prescott... 23 of 27, 237 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. So, yeah, quite a bit uh, less than what we expected from him in this game. But you can't throw for 400 yards every single week. Ezekiel Elliott back to, I don't want to say where he was because he split time with with, uh, Tony Pollard and Pollard looked better. Elliott was 16 for 71 and a touchdown. Pollard was 13 for 109 and a touchdown. This is going to be a timeshare moving forward. Mark my words, folks. Not Ezekiel Elliott is not first-round material, but he was back to at least providing some value to your fantasy. C.D. Lamb, 8 for 81, led all receivers. Amari Cooper, 3 for 24. Uh, Blake Jarwin, 3 for 37. Nothing great here. We'll pass over it. Uh, C.D. Lamb is the main takeaway here, 8 for 81. Over to the Chargers, Justin Herbert, 31 of 41, 338, one touchdown, two interceptions. Austin Eckler, he led the rushers with nine rushes for 54 yards, but Justin Jackson had four rushes, even though it was only for 21 yards, and um, Larry Roundtree with a disappointing one rush. So Eckler does have the majority of the rush attempts here, but... Yeah, I'm not impressed. Uh, He did finally return to the passing game, though. Nine catches for 61 yards, so he came through for you there. And if he does that every week, you will be happy. Mike Williams, that is my faux pas this week. I should have started him. Seven catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. I now know that I can trust that, and I will moving forward. Keenan Allen, only four catches today, but he did cross over the uh, century mark at 108 yards. Jared Cook, three for 28. I don't know. 
I mean, tight end is so bad that you might be forced to uh, play him. Buccaneers and Falcons. You might remember I said that Matt Ryan was a start this week. And if he didn't throw so many interceptions, I would have looked like a genius. But in any event, 35 of 46 for 300 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. He did just fine. Um, Mike Davis, 9 for 38. Meh. Corderell Patterson, 7 for 11, but he did vulture a touchdown. Calvin Ridley, back to doing Ridley things, 7 for 63 and a score. Mike Davis, though, 7 catches for 25 yards, so in PPR, that's great for you. And Kyle Pitts did just fine, 5 catches for 73 yards. Um, The thing with Patterson, though, Patterson had 5 catches for 58 yards and a touchdown, so Corderell Patterson might be somebody that is going to be a waiver wire target next week. I'll throw this out there now. Don't buy it. Don't do it. But we'll talk more about that on Tuesday. One of the more exciting games of the day belongs to the Vikings and Cardinals out in Arizona. We'll start with Minnesota here as the Cardinals inched out a one-point win, 34-33. to Kirk Cousins, 22 of 32, 244 yards, three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 22 rushes, 131 yards. He does what he does. He did get banged up twice in this game, and it didn't look like he was going to be coming back in. We don't know exactly what's going on with him as we speak, but it it, it looks like it could be an ankle injury. So if uh, Madison is out there, pick him up. If you have him, be ready to fire him up. As far as uh, wide receivers go, Justin Jefferson, 6 for 65 and a score. Thielen, 6 for 39 and a score. But K.J. Osborne, 5 for 91 and a score. He might just be a real thing, guys, now that Irv Smith is out for the year. Osborne should be on your radar for uh, to pick up uh, off waivers. But we'll talk more about that on Tuesday. Kyler Murray, 29 of 36, 400 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Chase Edmonds led the way, 8 for 46 on the ground. James Conner, 8 for 26. Edmonds looks better. Edmonds is featured in the passing game as well. Rondell Moore, 7 for 114 and 1. If he is a waiver wire target for you, he is somebody that I absolutely positively would pick up. Hopkins, 4 for 54 and a score. A.J. Green, 3 for 44 and a score. It was a, a very interesting. This is a, an offense that you, you want a part of if you can have it. The Titans um, hung on to defeat the Seahawks 33-30, and we'll start on the Tennessee side. 27-40 for Ryan Tannehill, 347 yards. He did not have a score. Derrick Henry, back in town, baby, after last week's bad performance. 35 rushes, 182 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, fire him up. And Julio Jones. Six catches, 128 yards. A.J. Brown, three for 43. Derrick Henry had six catches for 55 yards. I can't even believe I'm reading that. That's why there was a little bit of a pause. Six catches for Derrick Henry in this game for 55 yards. That is absolutely incredible. If that's going to continue, Henry will easily finish as the number one running back in fantasy. You're not going to start a tight end here at all, so we'll just move on to the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, 22 of 31, 343 yards, two touchdowns. Great day for him. Chris Carson, 13 rushes for only 31 yards, but he did score twice. Tyler Lockett, again, 
Eight catches, 178 yards and a touchdown. Metcalf, six for 53. And Freddie Swain, five for 95 and a score. So um, that might be somebody that you can look at in deeper leagues or as a streaming option perhaps next week. But we'll talk more about that when the Waiver Wire show comes out. Well, that's going to do it for the rapid succession uh, wrap-up of today's action. Now, that was the 1 o'clock and the 4 o'clock games, of course. There is still tonight's contest with uh, Baltimore and Kansas City with the Chiefs um, heading to Baltimore to face the Ravens. And then, of course, tomorrow night we have the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions, and we will cover those games on Tuesday's show. So, again, thank you for joining me. Let me know what you think of this. I did... I tend to go a little fast. I didn't want to stay on each point too long. Let me know what you liked or didn't like about it, and we can tweak it to what works for us. Again, hit me up on Twitter at FFKnowItAll or send an email at uh, knowitallfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Thank you to Bove Design for the amazing logo. Thank you to Matt Bacon for the color scheme and original concept. And as always, Kevin, Chris, and Temi for this awesome bumper music. I will catch you guys tomorrow. Have a fantastic Monday and a great start to your week. And make sure you keep destroying the competition. Never forget the day when you your away.